Welcome to Our Journey to Equity, a podcast all about turning passion into tangible impact, alchemizing the shared desire for equity into actions and engaging conversations that expose health and social injustices and empower us with the tools and information we need to protect our right to live healthy lives. Together, we'll explore the power of community voices in achieving health equity for people of color. It's time to make a difference. Together, we can create a future where health equity is a reality for all. Join Tamara and her guests on Our Journey to Equity. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Our Journey to Equity. This is a show slash podcast where we are exploring the different journeys of different health equity practitioners, individuals working in the social justice field that are really working to create an environment, a world where health equity is a reality for all of us. I am so excited to be joined each month by a new health equity practitioner where we explore their journey and dive a little deeper into their work to learn how we can become advocates for ourselves and for our community. I am so excited to share with you who we have joining us today. And as always, we don't journey alone. So I'll kick off by sharing a little bit about my journey. But real quick, I do want to share that we have the dynamic Chernavia Montgomery, who is the CEO of Caring, joining us today. Thank you so much for being here with us, Chernavia. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to learn a lot more about your journey in just a few, Um, but one of my my motto as we get started with our journey to equity is always that we do not journey alone. So I'm just going to share and set it up a little bit to share a little bit about my own journey. Um, But for those of you that have been following, I know that you're familiar with this, so you can just press like, you know, fast forward for 15 seconds or or however long, Um, but you might enjoy listening to it again. So uh, actually, when I got into health equity work, I really didn't have the language for it but what i had was a personal experience from my own upbringing that brought such a level of awareness for me that there were differences in the way that my family um, and our our just overall health from in diabetes obesity high blood pressure high cholesterol you know just those typical issues that you see in many black and brown communities i saw with such a heightened sense of awareness that that was not also happening at the same rate as many of my counterparts in in the white community. I grew up in Northeast Atlanta in the suburbs um, where it was, you know, oftentimes where I was the only black child in the classroom. And so a lot of those very just obvious experiences and differences um, between my family and their families. And of course I had my family coming up to me at things like cookouts and family reunions telling me I was going to be big like them one day. And so I better be careful and put back some of those chicken wings and, you know, all of those things. Um, and I was quite the hefty eater, but, you know, I was also, um, you know, just very determined that that did not have to be uh, sort of the legacy that I inherited. And so uh, without the language, I went to school determined to figure out what I could do in healthcare to avoid this trajectory. So yes, there was a little bit of fear uh, that was propelling me forward with this, but also um, just a determination to know that just because of the color of your skin, it does not mean that you have to have worse health you know, in the long run. So, I mean, lots of things happen between um, there and now, but that's ultimately the high level of what 
got me to where I am today. And I only share the shortened version because we're not here for me. We are definitely here to learn more about our esteemed guest. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shanavia. I am so excited me. for you to be here. Yes. Um, for those of you that may not know, I absolutely love Shanavia. I have been a fan and a follow of her and her leadership and her journey as a leader here in the Charlotte community. So we're very excited to hear about um, your journey. So let's just yeah. start there. Let's enter the journey together okay, and explore. Tell us, how did you end up <laughs> in oh, this field doing the work that you're doing? So similar to you, we have to compact things in. Mm -hmm. um, I think my journey began as a recipient of services. Hmm. I love the Maya Angelou quote, people will forget what you said and mm -hmm. people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Wow. And I was made to feel different by mm. a home visitor that began to provide our family with services. I think a lot of people know these days because I have become more open with sharing, but I became a parent at 14. Wow. Mm -hmm. And we had a social worker that was called to the home and she began to sit on my couch and talk and help me process mm -hmm. and learn and figure out where my missing pieces were mm. to help get me on a path where mm. I could begin to achieve again. Mm. So I remember that feeling, feeling yeah. safe, feeling comforted, uh, feeling as though someone was rooting for me. Mm. And that didn't know what that career was, right. but slowly but surely I began to do a little more digging and learning. And as I completed my own education, realized that social work was likely the career that was for me. Wow. Yeah. So you began in the field as a social worker. Yes. Primarily from the impact <laughs> that a social yes. worker had on you yes. becoming a parent at a Absolutely. very young age. Yes. So I would imagine that it's not very easy to go from having a child at a young age mm -hmm. Becoming a social worker requires college. Uh, yes. Tell us, yes. how, how did that happen for you? <laughs> uh, lots of grace. Uh, and I, I had lots of angels along mm -hmm. the way as well. Mm -hmm. uh, just people have always been um, surround, surrounding me and mm -hmm. helping to envelop me and develop me. But I, it did take a long time. I took one class a semester for 10 years. Wow. And it uh, started with community college. Mm -hmm. And then when I relocated to Charlotte, continued that journey. And then eventually got to the point where I had to make a decision. Um, in the meantime, I was working. I was a single parent. I had to provide. So whether it be one full-time job or two part-time jobs or a side hustle, I love a good side hustle. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I got creative. You know, mm. it, it takes creativity to be in poverty. Wow. And you figure it out along the way. And I learned how to make the system work for me. Mm. So I love system design. I love macro thinking. Mm -hmm. I love... Uh, trying to redesign how people are able to navigate through what is often a very complex system. But it all started with me and my wanting to figure out how to make my own life work for me. Wow. So, yeah. That's a powerful quote that you just said. It takes creativity to be in poverty. It does. You know, it does. and so uh, with that, and, and yes, I think some of the greatest innovators are in Absolutely. communities that have been intentionally yes. disinvested in, underinvested in. I mean, there's Absolutely. a lot of creativity there. Yes, you are right. So what, how did that, how did your 
experience um, your creativity differ from, you know, well, let me say this question differently. Okay. Where did your drive come from where you, because taking one class a semester for 10 years is no easy feat. I mean, I think most people would quit three years <laughs> in and be like, I'm never going to get there, right? Yes. So where did that drive to keep going and to endure really come from? Wanting to break the cycle mm. uh, and not uh, subject uh, my child to some of the conditions and hardships that I had to endure. Mm -hmm. As a child, I have a very high ACE score. Mm. Uh, so those adverse childhood experiences, yes. I think everyone should take it. If you haven't taken your ACE, you should take your ACE and figure out where you are. It really does help you understand what your proximity to some of the trauma that you've endured, how that relates to the hardships that you might be experiencing today. Hmm. So understanding my own why and then using that proximity as strength. Hmm. I try to not forget where I came from. Mm -hmm. I don't always know where I'm going, yeah. but that internal motivation, I think that's what helps differ me from other leaders mm -hmm. and it makes me relatable. Yeah. So I can understand what it's like to be a recipient of services or uh, I've gotten every service I think that's available, <laughs> um, economically food stamps and low income housing. And uh, back in the day it used to be work first or mm -hmm. AFDC, mm -hmm. uh, childcare services, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I have found that that helps me understand at a deeper level what it may take to get from point A to point B mm -hmm. uh, and, and not without losing yourself in between. Oh, there's so much authenticity in everything you. <laughs> that you just said. Just a very real connection to where you've come from, mm -hmm. what you've experienced yes. what you've had to endure, but also a real intentionality around making sure you can help sort of, yes. you know, uh, stop the cycle and also yes. shift the system for someone else's critical. Well. Yeah, it's critical. We talk mm -hmm. a lot about resilience and I kind of lean outward from that word. Uh, resilience to me, it's um, bouncing back. It, it means that you are, uh, you haven't gotten to the point where you're thriving yet. Mm. You, you've had to adapt and, you know, you're tough. Mm. Whereas when we think about fortitude, that comes from a place of strength. Mm. And I think that every individual, whether they've discovered what their strength or not, they've got something within them that makes them unique. And eventually when they learn how to harness it, it will allow them to have a bigger voice and to hopefully feel more empowered. Wow. <laughs> the other thing I really like about what you said is, you know, you you had a determination mm -hmm. to figure out, um, you know, to you were determined to not repeat the cycle. Absolutely not. But you no. don't always know where you're going. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I just go today. Yeah. You know, I, I yes. tried to be present. That's right. something I've had to learn to do and not. You know, think ahead. I, I love to strategize. I like forward thinking mm -hmm. um, and, and progressive notions, but I really am trying to be still. Mm. Uh, it takes a lot more focus for me to do that, but that's where I think the work begins is, is not always going around something to get to the next place. It's being present and going through because uh -huh. the journey is important. I mean, the destination's nice, right. uh, but you can't always see it. But if you can focus on what you have today and just 
just sit in it and sit still, then there's some magic that can happen there. Oh, thank you for that recentering. So let's let's really hone in on okay. Where are we the going journey. Next? So okay. the journey itself. So yeah. you're, I mean, just the level of determination is off the Richter scale for you. Thank you. You know, you're taking your experiences and, um, you know, you, you don't necessarily know what the ultimate goal is, the yeah. ultimate landing space is, but talk to us a little bit about how your career evolved um, oh, as yeah. you're sort of going through all of this. So you eventually uh, finished school mm -hmm. and you're, you're still a single mother at this point? Yes, or? Okay. yes, all right. yes. So I, as a teen mom, I was a recipient of what they called secondary pregnancy prevention services. So okay. it was a state service uh, that was sponsored uh, within our county. And that's where I started receiving mentorship mm -hmm. and didn't know it then, but sponsorship, you know, mm -hmm. there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that service, when I relocated to Charlotte, I wanted to be involved in something very similar. So I started volunteering at communities and schools oh, nice. and with a program that was called Safe Journey. Okay. And Safe Journey had a component very similar to what I experienced. And I became, uh, or I was laid off at the call center mm -hmm. that I was currently at. This was the previous recession we were in, okay. uh, in the uh, mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. And the boss that I had at the time, Judy Sanders Bull, Judy said, you know what? You're really good at what you do. You don't have a degree yet, but you're really good with the girls. And let's start you out at an entry level case manager job. Uh, so that's where I finally started to begin to serve and to you know, provide guidance to other young girls mm -hmm. uh, that were experiencing similar situations that I had been. And I, that job helped me survive and thrive a little bit, started learning and growing while I finished school. And then I took a leap of faith and uh, went into a one year grad school program got back on food stamps at the time mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, took out a little bit of extra student loan to help cover some bills mm -hmm. while I finished that program. Mm -hmm. After that, my first career, uh, I had met my husband by that time and I started out at the health department. When the health department and at the time Carolina's healthcare system, now Atrium Health, were uh, a combined unit. Okay, okay. And spent a few years there providing services to, again, vulnerable mothers, mm -hmm. uh, women in the community that were low income, that were pregnant or parenting. And that program uh, helped me to get my licensure. Mm -hmm. And from there, went to Atrium Health, where I spent eight years and had developing leadership opportunities and began to lead people. I found a passion for that mm -hmm. and realized that I enjoyed the, uh, while I enjoyed providing services, I, I really did. I felt there was more I could offer mm. uh, and to help elicit some change and, yeah. and spark some new ideas and bring something to the table that I felt was missing from mm -hmm. the conversations that were being had. Mm -hmm. And that career path then took me back out into the community where I became the chief program officer of crisis assistance ministry mm. and spent a few years there again, taking and applying what I'd learned with this huge hospital system right. that just really invested so much into my leadership capacity. I took that out into the community yeah. and began to do some new and different things and went and uh, had an experience with the American leadership forum. Ah, so, okay. um, yes, yeah, Cindy Patterson and Crystal Joy with the Lee Institute and finishing that program gave me the confidence I needed to apply for the current role that I'm in. Wow. I 
wondered if I could do it and talked to, again, some of those sponsors, those mentors, uh, figured out where my gaps were so that I could help close them. And there was my next leap of faith. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. So uh, one on the notion of mentorship and sponsorship, yes. right? And, yes. and the differences there. Yes. I want to unpack that. But then also, uh, you've mentioned it a couple times, but there were some pivotal moments mm -hmm. along your journey where you needed additional support. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes there's this stigma or this notion that um, needing additional support is like just getting a handout or, or you know, yes. so let's, let's yes, unpack yes, that yes. as well. But yeah. first, talk to us a little bit about mentoring and, and having a sponsor and what yes. the differences are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with a mentor, my mentors are typically individuals that are in similar fields that I'm in. Mm -hmm. uh, they may have achieved uh, the height of what uh, maybe at this time, CEO leadership looks like, mm -hmm. or they've been able to brave new paths and break barriers, mm -hmm. but they can offer me wisdom where I'm in, in this current space. However, a sponsor may be someone that's totally not in the field that I'm in. It's someone mm -hmm. that may see something in me that they want to support, or they want to help amplify or help me maximize, mm -hmm. and they will uh, stick their neck out for me. Mm. They will uh, become a, a fairy godmother, yes. fairy godfather for mm -hmm. me. They may uh, help to open a door or to uh, help me with that folding chair yeah. that I yeah. might need at the table <laughs> where I can come back to a Shirley reference. Right. Uh, but they would uh, help me to usually get or break into a space that I may have a challenge with mm -hmm. on my own. So I, I've been blessed to have many of each yes. and have just taken little... Um, little seeds and those seeds have grown and really benefited me in my career path. So I've done quite a few of these journey interviews yeah. where we've learned about, um, you know, different individuals in their journeys. Mm -hmm. And that topic of mentorship has come up in every single one of these. And yeah. it just really speaks to how important it is for us to have individuals that are just helping guide and Absolutely. coach us Absolutely. along this path because the work that we're doing is all about is. breaking barriers. It is. I mean, know? even from a young age, I mean, mm -hmm. teachers that might have let me bring in my paper with a little bit of baby food on it yeah, um, or <laughs> to bring my child to Spanish class after school yes. or Spanish club, you know, you need extracurriculars yes. for college, uh, but just anyone along the way that might help you shake the dust off. Um, and or reimagine. Yeah, I've had barriers before, mental blocks where mm -hmm. I, I couldn't see forward, mm. um, or I was feeling unsettled. So to have people in your life that are willing to uh, give of themselves to yeah. you in any capacity, I think in, in a career, it's needed if you're looking to grow. Yeah, and I've always thought about sponsors as that individual that is at the table yes. that you're not yet. Yes, <laughs> but to your point That's is, it. is go, calling you and saying, bring your folding chair. Yes. I got a seat for yes, you, you know, so they're kind of speaking on your yes. behalf. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. That's a wonderful example. Okay. So okay. once again, great mentors and sponsors, mm -hmm. we have another journey where that's helped and had a very profound impact. Yes. But now let's kind of turn to the, the times in your life that you've made a shift Mm -hmm. um, a pivotal change has, has happened and that you're walking through and you've needed some additional help. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times there's this stigma around needing help, right? Yes. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, some may think about it as, you know, do you really need it? Because maybe you're just abusing the system, right? Absolutely. And others might think about it as, you know, not wanting to have to have a handout. Mm -hmm. But 
from what I'm hearing from you, it really sounds like these are moments that have helped fill a gap. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so talk absolutely. to us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely am not of the uh, bootstraps mentality. Yes. Uh -huh. um, I think the best analogy that I've given is, is with shoes. Um, equality is that everybody gets a pair of shoes, mm -hmm. but equity is everyone gets a pair of shoes that fits. Mm. And I have sometimes needed to change my shoes mm -hmm. or to uh, get new laces mm -hmm. to uh, have different tools in my toolkit to help me survive or to uh, adapt and, and get through something that I may not otherwise have been able to. So yeah. I believe that it's an investment. Mm -hmm. Services are. Um, I think I'm a good return on that <laughs> investment that the system and the taxpayers and uh, anyone that's, that's assisted me in the past has been able to uh, support me with. But it's it, we have to recognize that every not everyone is given what they need yeah. to be able to get to that next place in their life. And that's what a healthy system should do is to mm -hmm. help supplement and to help uh, fill in those gaps and bring people to the table, uh, whatever table that may be. Mm. Uh, maybe it's not where they, they want to go at the time, but it's where they may need to be at in that moment. So I absolutely don't believe that it's a hand out mm -hmm. or a hand up. I think mm -hmm. we should be doing things with people not for them or to them. Oh, I love that. And I love the um, sort of the, the metaphor that you created with the, with the boots. A lot of people talk about pulling yeah. themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah. And I've heard so many times people say things like, well, some people don't even have boots, right? They so don't. that's very true. Yeah, equality is making sure people have shoes, but yeah. you know, equity is making sure you have a shoe that actually fits. Yes, it's, that would actually, be nice. Yeah, I love that. So, wow, so you have endured quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, but you've also really broken a lot of cycles. Yes. And I think that, especially as, you know, if we think about what additional support systems and, and resources are intended to do, mm -hmm. it's, it is intended to help an individual not have to repeat you know, yes. generational cycles of poverty, yes. right? Yes. And um, when when it's done well. Yes. <laughs> so uh, your your point is well taken that you know we should be working with people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So we've 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 gone through this um, part of your journey with you where you've just had to endure a lot, and you've begun to really um, you know gain traction in your career mm -hmm. as a leader. And you're realizing that you have more to give yes. and, you know, there's, there's, and, and let me just say, I completely agree. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so just on the other side of it, you know, I've been able to witness your leadership and different roles that you've had um, without really knowing all of the background mm. of what yes. you went through and what you yes. had to endure to get there. So all of the ways that people have invested in you and have mentored you along the way, it, there is a solid return <laughs> on you. that investment. So can you share with us, you know, every, I, I, I say this a lot, every journey comes with this unexpected twists and turns. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about something that you have had to endure from a professional standpoint that you weren't necessarily expecting um, to experience along this journey. My past. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So being especially within corporate systems or certain spaces, 
uh, for me, I've only recently begun to be more vulnerable oh, and to wow. begin to share my story and yes. my past and uh, some of the ways in which I've been admitted from the system. I had a lot of shame behind that. Wow. And I did not want to be stigmatized or discriminated against because of that past. Mm. I wanted someone to see me for uh, the, my intelligence or mm -hmm. uh, what I was bringing to that table or how I was able to impact whatever change we were, were trying to elicit. But I've realized in time that people appreciate hearing my authentic truth Yes, and that I should try to aspire to be my whole self, mm. whether that's at work or at home. Uh, there's no such thing as work in life, right? It's just life. Yeah, It's just life. And I, I've I've just discovered some freedom in that and did not anticipate that. So that is it's so been a beautiful. welcome change. Oh, that is so beautiful. I think sometimes it's counterintuitive, but oh, yeah. the hardest thing to do sometimes is show up as your whole self. Yeah, it is. It's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. it's a, are they going to believe you? That's right. Um, you know, we what have, are they going to think about me? Yes, you know? yeah. yes, yes. And we're minorities in so many different ways. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. black. I'm a female. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm on the, the younger end of yes. leadership. Mm -hmm. So you're working against a lot of uh, stigmas. That's that right. were mm -hmm. set before you even mm -hmm. sat down. Mm -hmm. So to have to unravel that, I've just stopped apologizing mm. and have just started to just show up. And I've gotten really good results from that. And I'm going to continue that. I, I still have a ways to go, um, understanding my own story and how it's impacted who I am today. Mm -hmm. Every time I think I've got it, something <laughs> else comes up and I get a new revelation or have one of those 11.59 p.m. <laughs> moments and I have to write something down. Right. Um, but e even writing and mm -hmm. having opportunities to do op-eds and to take something that might be stirring inside and to speak truth on that, yes. um, but from a place that is authentic and genuine. Oh, I love that. And it's such a great segue to this sort of last part, second to last uh, part of our journey okay. together, which yeah. is Evolve. Yes. Um, and so you kind of alluded to it already that, you know, you, it's, it's not a straight path. Oh, no. Right? Like no. we get to a point where we realize, you know, okay, I think this is where I'm going, but then something yep. happens mm -hmm. and, and, you know, mm -hmm. we have to change. We have to yeah. be flexible. So yes. talk to us a little bit about how your work has evolved. My work has evolved in that I am realizing I'm not alone hmm. and to use my community to use really smart. I work with some really, really smart people. I always say we work alongside each other. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I may be in the seat I'm in, mm -hmm. but I don't do anything that I do alone. Yeah. And I love discovering things in other people. Mm. Um, one pivotal moment for me was when I was in the American Leadership Forum and we did our strengths finders. Mm. And I discovered what my strengths were and- Do you remember what they are? Oh, I do. Okay. Uh, my first one is woo. Oh. I'm a, a big wooer, <laughs> so winning, winning others over, <laughs> I can be quite persuasive if you know me. Uh, so just, I, I love people. Yeah. I love everyone. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to pull out what I think is motivating you mm -hmm. uh, so that we can use that together to, to be better. Uh, my second one is input. Mm -hmm. I am a sponge. I love Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, I love to know a little bit about a lot and I love to hear from others. Mm -hmm. And we use that information later together. Strategic. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking forward and pie in the sky. Yes. Uh, 
communication and positivity. Oh. I am glass half full always, sometimes bubbling over. Yeah. Um, my, my husband laughs sometimes. He, uh, we're very, very different people, and sometimes I just have to just vomit the rainbow. Um, <laughs> I, there's, just, there's just so much hope in the world, mm -hmm. and even when things are, are looking down. But yes, my, so understanding those strengths, and I just, we were told, stop trying to fight that. Hmm. It's enough if you lean in and use them, they will magnify you. Uh, so when all of my strengths are working together, you know, I, I feel, I feel like a force. I feel like I could really accomplish something. Yeah. Uh, and to not try to learn the things that I'm not good at yeah. or the things that just make me miserable and mm -hmm. don't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And that that was okay. I don't have to go get another certificate or another degree um, or to change anything about how I lead. Mm -hmm. I can just be myself. Yes. So that was a revelation. I really thought you had to have this long list of, you know, things and letters and, a wide variety even. All of, of that, yes, yes mm -hmm. to, to be more well-rounded. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some ways, I, I've, I have to make sure I know a little enough to be dangerous. Sure. But I really have learned to lean into myself. And that was uncomfortable mm -hmm. at first. But, mm -hmm. you know, I started to get the hang of it and see the results. And I was getting good positive feedback. But that required an internal shift for me. Mm -hmm. I had to trust and I had to be vulnerable um, and to ignore some of the thoughts that were in my head. Oh, that's so good. Um, you know, really trusting that the skills and the strengths that we possess as unique individuals is enough. They're enough. They are enough. <laughs> and it's it, enough. the world will tell you sometimes that's it's not, right. but it is. That's right. It is. Yeah. Wow. And so now we have you today as yes. the CEO of Caring. Can yes. you talk to us a little bit about what that role is and, and what is Caring? Absolutely. So Caring has been around since 1955. Mm -hmm. And we were started by a community health nurse that saw disparities in the community with people who were underserved. And we have kept that same mission and vision the entire time. So mm -hmm. nearly 70 years of serving those who may otherwise go without mm -hmm. and bringing to them accessible, affordable, quality-driven and holistic health services. So we are a pillar of community health and are very proud of the work that we do. We serve nearly 8,000 people a year who wow. fall into that, that scope and provide things like primary care, so chronic disease management, mostly hypertension and diabetes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have an outstanding specialty care connection program called Physicians Reach Out. Mm -hmm. We work with 1,600 providers, um, a lot of support from Atrium and from Novant. Um, with ensuring that people have access to specialty care. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of donated care. So I think this year we're, we're getting into around $60 million of donated wow. care annually. Wow. We have two maternal child health programs, one that's nurse-driven and one that is community health worker-driven. Mm -hmm. At the end of next uh, fiscal year, we'll be this fiscal year, we'll be serving uh, nearly 1,300 women and children within that program. And then recently, uh, I know that you were on the front end of that change. <laughs> we are out in the community and we've gotten outside of our four walls yes. to serve individuals in neighborhoods of need with a wide spectrum of services. Mm -hmm. So we're A to Z, we serve young to old and do a little bit of everything. And I'm really, really proud of the people that I have the pleasure of working with every day. Wow, there's so much good work that caring provides and does in our community is such a critical safety net for our community. And it makes a lot of sense that, you know, you have to trust the skills and the strengths that you have, but also 
trust that enough to empower yes. all of the people around you yes. to do what they do well, um, yes. because there's a lot, there's a lot there and, and such a critical service. Um, okay. Wow. Yes. I feel so, um, I feel so much more connected to you oh. knowing more about, you know, really what's within you, right? That, um, you know, strengthens you and that has helped propel you to where you are today. I want to make sure that before we leave today Mm -hmm. that we understand how we can elevate you. We want to lift you up, right? This is like our top (laughs) of the mountain together. Okay. So please share, how can we elevate you individually, but also Mm -hmm. your work? Well, I am in a unique space in that I am the first black CEO of Caring and black leadership in the nonprofit space looks very different. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think nationally only 10% of nonprofit leaders are black and that's a challenge and then mm. we can talk about the board space, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. the seats at the table that we have within nonprofit organizations from a board of directors position. Um, so my leadership requires things that maybe my predecessor didn't. I love my predecessor. Yes. He set mm-hmm. me up for success with the organization, but I know I have to lead differently and mm-hmm. I'm going to have different barriers and challenges to overcome that he may not have. So to get that really awesome collective impact that I'm seeking, I I need the community to trust me. Mm. Um, I need to be able to fail safely. Yes. Uh, that's something that a, a mentor of mine taught me. It's okay to fail if you're thoughtful about it and you're Uh, not taking too much of a risk, but it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. So I think that we as black leaders in the nonprofit space need permission to fail. That's really good. We we do. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a a definite for me. Um, Continuing to offer us opportunities to be in those rooms Mm -hmm. that we may not be in uh, had it not be for a sponsor or someone to support us. So helping to open those doors, making introductions, uh, not hoarding information or relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just being very generous in knowledge and in spirit to take risks with us Mm -hmm. um, and to understand that we are proximate to those we serve. Mm -hmm. And while some may see that as a weakness, I view it as a strength. Absolutely. It's my Mm -hmm. community. Um, So always say I may have a tough time getting one person uh, to write me a $5,000 check after one conversation, but I can go on Facebook and say, Hey, everybody, I need $5,000. Right. And, you know, I can get 50 here and five there. And yeah. uh, people really will serve as your net. Mm-hmm. So to know that we continue to be supported, those of us who are in those roles as minorities in those positions, um, to just let us know we're doing something right. Yes. You know, it's very yes. tough. We, mm-hmm. we, get beat down sometimes day to day. And especially we're in COVID recovery. Mm-hmm. I lead a healthcare organization mm-hmm. that serves people who are in poverty. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah. It is very tough. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to continue to have those opportunities to learn yeah. and to grow. And I, I don't know what's next, but I'm hoping that I'll be allowed to create a space for myself if a space is not created for me. I love that. And so well said, um, this, just the way that you painted the picture of the experience for black leaders in the nonprofit space, let alone black female leaders um, who are leading nonprofits. It's very difficult and we don't have the same amount of grace, no, right? We don't always. have the same amount of support sometimes. Mm-hmm. and 
failing does sometimes, um, you know, it, sometimes the community is harder on us, yes. right, than others. Yes. Um, but I love that um, fail safely, I think, yes. is what your mentor said. Yes. I always yes. say it's important to fail forward, Absolutely. right? You know, so yes. it's okay to fail, but yes. let's fail forward. And one of the ways that we can do that is by supporting Trinavia. Um, follow, where can we follow you? Give us your, your socials so that when you do put out that clarion call for help, yes. that we can answer. <laughs> yes, well right now uh, with the organization with Caring, our website is caringnc.org and you can find on our website all of the social media handles. Uh, I utilize LinkedIn a lot because okay. I love networking. Again, mm -hmm. people and those connections and braiding and weaving together all the different threads of my life mm. to make this beautiful tapestry that I feel has really wrapped me in a lot of love in the community. I know I've got a learning curve and it's, it's steep some days, sure. uh, but I'm hoping that we can continue as an organization to get support from the community so that we can grow. We've had a lot of growth in the last two and a half years uh, I've been in this role. Uh, we've doubled in size and in revenue and in opportunity. And I'm really looking forward to what tomorrow holds. I'm looking forward to seeing what tomorrow holds as Thank well. You. Thank you so much for all that you are doing. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your leadership. Me. Yes. And let's, uh, I, you know, I'll always be there to support. I hope so. so you know I that. Hope so. <laughs> I've got your back. Thank and you. And especially as uh, another black female yes. uh, in the healthcare field, you know, it, our struggles are different, right? Yeah. And so it's important that we support each other. Yes. And I will definitely be there to support you, Thank sis. You. So I got Same. you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you all so much for watching again. Another great journey. Just so grateful to um, be in the presence of Shernavia Montgomery. You saw where to follow her um, with Caring. Please do check out their work. Um, at follow Shernavia on LinkedIn. Also, if you are interested in learning about other journeys, you can visit our website at www.ourjourneytoequity.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Our Journey to Equity, or watch the episodes on our YouTube page at Our Journey to Equity. Until next time, we'll see you then.